Greetings and welcome to Nodcast with Nod founding members Paddy Shine and Chris Haslam. Nod bless. <laughs> Lawrence. Paddy. <laughs> <laughs> welcome, right, yeah, uh, welcome to the Nodcast, man. Good to Thanks. see you. Lovely to see you too. Um, so, Lawrence, we'll start, let's kick it off with... Uh, Tell you tell us tell us and our listeners a little bit about yourself, what you do, and um, yeah, and and how we how we know each other, how we met, really. Yeah, I think I was trying to think about this. I think the first time I met you, actually, you might not even remember, but was outside the mill, and I was doing front of house for a band called Ice Age. Who had yeah, yeah, I remember it well. I couldn't remember if that was the actual first time that we had met each other and spoken to each other because I had seen you perform, I'm sure, with Shit and Shine and maybe even Todd before we, we spoke. Um, right, okay. Possibly. Yeah, and then I guess the first time we had a proper chat was, uh, I think, in Preston. That's right, like, yeah. Um, all day, crazy all day. <laughs> that was a fucking gas gig, that <laughs> man. The gig where the promoter at the end was fucking crying <laughs> because he didn't have any fucking money to pay anyone. Oh, right. Oh, my God. A really yeah. nice lad, the promoter. He's a friend of ours, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, yeah. I don't remember too much about the gig. I just remember, like... Being a little bit walking in and being like, oh shit, this is Do you remember that gig? Do you remember that gig that guitar that guy who sold the guitar in half? That's the gig, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, a yeah. fucking great performance. Yeah. <laughs> Sounded yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. His gig was good actually, where he was like drill he had a guitar plugged in, and whilst it was all happening, he was just like drilling holes in it and sawing it in half and slowly <laughs> dismantling it. And it was all coming through this huge rig. It sounded fucking great, actually. Yeah, yeah that was that. Good. That was a good part of the gig. Yeah, but the yeah, gig was yeah. a total washout, wasn't it? There was about seven people there. Yeah, this... there wasn't a lot of people. I think that was. I can't remember what kind of period of shit and shine that was. I think that might have been the kind of weird dancing stage of shit and shine, <laughs> where yeah. I was just more dancing than doing anything you... else. You were on the mixing desk. You were doing. You were like seemed to, from what I remember. You had a you had a big desk, and you seemed to be mixing it or dubbing it, dubbing parts of it out. Right, and maybe there yeah. was maybe there was like one, maybe two drummers. The the guy who's always on drums for Shit and Shine, he was there. I can't remember his name. Chris. Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and Craig doing whatever weird weird electronic stuff. It's yeah. good. It's good. Always good. Always good with shit and shine. Um, but yeah, the gig was a fucking washout. But that's Preston for you, really. You know, it's only only last year really we had our our first good Preston gig. At, yeah, yeah. At the ferret. I mean, saying that, I should, people who might be the Preston gigs are always good. The people are nice, but there's fucking hardly ever anybody there. And it, yeah, yeah, it can just feel a bit like yeah, it's good if especially if you travelled. It, it's good. To play in front of a crowd, isn't there? Yeah, for sure. But yeah. As an audience member, sometimes I fucking love it if there's only a few people there. I can, yeah, they can stand around. You can have a little, oh, go over here, have a listen over here, and <laughs> yeah. have to play at the bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a little private gig. It is, isn't it? Yeah, it makes it makes <laughs> it a bit selfish. more like that. Yeah, 
That's why I always liked um, Monday or Tuesday night gigs at the mill because there'd usually be a touring band rolling in and obviously it's like Monday, Tuesday night and they're like, fuck's sake. But there'd always be like a few of us there. And I've seen some fucking really nice shows uh, and that. And it's kind of like almost just what you need as well on a Tuesday night, just like this little private gig that's like a tonic for the soul. Yeah, yeah. And it's like they the band might be thinking, fucking hell, what's this all about? But I always always make a point of going up and going, that man, that is exactly what I needed. Thank you so much. <laughs> if so, at least they have, might have that consolation from it. But yeah. But anyhow, we digress. Tell us a bit about yourself, Lawrence. Um, well, I'm a I'm a, I'm like a touring front of house engineer that I've been doing sound for 25 years or something like that at, at this point 26 years um wow. on and off but touring probably for 20 years um and yeah i've done a bit of both done on uh, from both sides of the desk i think there was bits of shit and shine where i would also mix and perform <laughs> which is really stressful because <laughs> well you know what it's like if you know especially with kind of anything with any feedback in it 90 percent of house engineers are just like fuck something's broken and just pulling it all down and so without having our own engineer which we never did i think we had this we picked up some young lad in ancona once <laughs> and we're like do you want to come with us for four or five days and he was like yeah right I just took him in the van with us, and uh, that worked out all right. Um, nice. But yeah, just saved me having a nervous breakdown every, you know. Yeah. Um, but Great great for him as well to, like, you know, get his chops, mixing, yeah. mixing some chaos. And obviously, obviously this kid loved it. He must have really liked it. Is that why you got him on board? Yeah, either that or we were really threatening. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Get in the van. Get in the fucking van, Matthew. I think that's what it's like. <laughs> but uh, yeah, weird. He hasn't spoken to us since. Oh, yeah. <laughs> was his yeah. name Matthew, right? Was his, his name, name really Matthew? His name was Matthew, yeah. Okay. I wonder if that's the guy that we met who was doing sound for Ovo and ended up doing sound for us when we were touring with Ovo in Italy. Was his name Matthew? Chris, mm-hmm. I can't. I don't think so. Uh, he was right. kind of a quite a slight chap. I mean, this was quite a long time ago, but mm. yeah, he kind of had like a little kind of moustache. And it's fucking him. It's fucking him because that's exactly you're describing the guy that was on the road with <laughs> us, and he was great. He was like a <coughs> real, he was really good at dealing with like what we would throw at him, which were, was like sort of random noise. He knew how to fucking deal with it and make yeah. it sound, make it sound good. Wasn't well, we he Italian? Too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wasn't, wasn't he Italian? He was Italian. He was, oh, Italian. He was Italian. All right. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling yeah, you, it's the same fucking guy. It can't be that guy. many. Can't that be that many. Mustachioed Italian guys. I haven't Matthew. met that many Italians. <laughs> Matthew. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so go on. Uh, anyway, so so you were up behind oh, the yeah. desk and performing. Yeah, so I've done a bit of that as well. Um, and yeah, just I'm getting 
really back into and loving mixing front of house. I've I've always kind of like I I got zero formal training and I kind of learned how to mix at the Tom Jones Forum in the kind of late nineties and um, the it was a it was at a time in the industry where it, uh, people were just horrible touring crews were more often than not very horrible bullies and uh you know i was like 15 you know 16 years old and you get these like men coming in and mixing on our desk and hiding you know all of their settings with a towel and stuff like that you know it's just like, <laughs> come on, teach a 15 year old kid how to eat your rat tom i mean it's not a yeah. you know so wow. it was a, it was a very it was a very terse environment live shows that I, I feel and uh, it took me a long time to kind of get you know no one at the club really you know they were all kind of like functional engineers all the engineers there were weren't really engineers you know okay. so it, yeah. you know no one really had an experience you know so it took me a long time to kind of get going um so I kind of had to learn to kind of charm my way into kind of not getting shouted at. <laughs> so which which has served me quite well. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And dealing with that much fucking stress, the stress of the whole show resting on your shoulders at like 15, 16 years of age. Yeah. I mean, fuck yeah, 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 hell, yeah. Man. yeah, it's it was weird. As teenagers, it seems to be a little bit different now. Like yeah. Uh, 15 year olds so. now seem to be like. I mean, I was, I was a wild teenager at fifteen. I, I, you know, like fifteen-year-olds that I see were, you know, in the same town that I grew up in. They, they're like more like eleven-year-olds. You know, they're all kind of, yeah, yeah, very okay. sheltered and you know, never been allowed outside playing. And you know, yeah. I'd been, you know, taking myself round a village since the age of eight. You know, dealing with all these. <laughs> village psychos and stuff you know, <laughs> as a young child you know yeah. it, it, it does a lot for you you know <laughs> yeah definitely man definitely I think that's one of the the things that with our generation like I mean we're probably similar ages you know like not too far off but we had uh, no computers and phones really to distract us we just had to go out into the world and fucking deal with the madness yeah. and you know and get stuck in Whereas these days, people are mainly getting stuck in in the digital realm on TikTok and shit like that. So, yeah, yeah. And also, kids nowadays, I mean, they're fucking whizzes. Like, I mean, well, you were saying you were self taught there. How has that translated for you over the years of having to? I'm assuming most of the venues you go to now, you're using digital desks and like yeah. new, new technology. Do you ever get phased by any of that, or are you are you with it all? Or... Yeah, I, I have been. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not like you know, I was obviously engineering and touring as the digital started kind of coming in, and it was horrible at the beginning. You know, like the 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 first flush of digital desks, especially in the smaller spaces. You know, you know, like two hundred capacity to five hundred capacity rooms, where these you know they're absolute just so hard to use they sound awful you know that first mm. and it, I, I it was one of the many times i've quit <laughs> okay one of the first times i was like oh, i'm not doing this this is all of a sudden really horrible and 
you know, the first time I think I ever used a digital desk was I was out with Todd. And I wasn't, I think, because I, I started as Todd's engineer. That's how I started with Shit and Shine and Todd I, uh, as a front of house engineer. And we went to this place in Germany. I think it might have been, it might have even have been Bastard Club in Berlin, but like we went in, they had this little shitty Yamaha thing. And I'm like, oh, fuck, okay, all right, sound check. It took ages to sound check as well because you can't just. Yeah. And then I was like, all oh, right, well, that's weird. And then came back for the show. Show wasn't there. Oh, <laughs> shit. Had to just do it all from scratch again. And I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to yeah. do this. So I quit. And then I kind of got pulled back in. You know, it's, it's fair. I've been pulled back into doing this so many times. After being <laughs> I'm not doing this anymore. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, like nowadays I have, you know, my own desk and plug in rigs and four fucking screens and, you know, like RTAs okay. and, you know, I'm, it's like a spaceship. And okay. I'm really not, I'm really not very techie at all, naturally, like um, computers and stuff. I'm really very reticent. Uh, I've had to learn, you know, I've sat there for two days trying to work out how routers work and stuff like that, boring stuff, but I've done it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know. Fucking play, man. Yeah, yeah. Fair play. I yeah. mean, I, I haven't got the brains to do that as as much as I, I have the will to to. to try and learn stuff like that i just just don't have the brain it's like it's like i say to like we're saying to rakes as well like you know i don't know how you guys handle that fucking pressure like you know of having to if something goes wrong like (laughs) it's just that the pressure of that me me i can just about handle like when the drummer fucks up or something (laughs) and i'm like you fucking cunt (laughs) but like yeah, I can't imagine it. I remember when I first um, was doing stage teching with Rakes because we used to do Supernormal together. He'd do sound and I'd do stage. Yeah, yeah. And Which said, is probably quite a friendly chill. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was. But I remember the first time I saw we went from uh, just using like analog cabling. So I had to dig a trench where I'm putting like this much fucking cabling into a trench to then put in an Ethernet cable from a digital yep. desk in the same trench. And I was like, so wait a minute, like all that information is yeah. coming down here. And I was like, what happens if it breaks? Do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, fuck, you know. So, same thing. That, the thing is, though, it's, it's as stable, if not more stable. It's the same, you know, same thing that happens is, is if the analog snake breaks. It, yeah. It don't yeah. work anymore, you know. Yeah. And you've got to rerun it or do something else. Yeah. But, you know... Even with that kind of stuff, normally if you run an Ethernet cable, those Cat5 cables, people will run two or three. You know, yeah. If it, yeah, if it fucks yeah. up, you just plug the next one in, and yeah, boom, yeah. I think that's there. what we did. Yeah, that's what that's what there was you go. Yeah, <laughs> Breaks was like, don't worry. <laughs> I'm still stood there five minutes later, going, oh, <laughs> make any sense? But um, yeah, okay. So fucking hell, what? Uh, what were we saying then? I don't know. It we're still in the intro, weren't we? We're still in the intro. <laughs> we're still in the intro, yeah. <laughs> so you do other so, stuff. As well. You tour manage, don't you, Lawrence, as well at the moment? I try not to, but yes. Try not to. Sometimes it's part of it, yeah. So, yeah. so what? So like driving, 
tour managing, which is basically fucking babysitting, and yeah. and doing live sound. And doing front of house, yeah. Fucking hell. It's a lot. Yeah. It's a, it's a lot. Um, Who have you been and, doing that for recently? Um, last couple of, well, since the pandemic, it, well, because everything got kind of thrown up in the air. Mm. And, uh, you know, I, before the pandemic, I had a very regular, you know, employment. I, I, I mean, I had a kid. I had a kid in the pandemic as well. So I was like, didn't really, the pressure to work and earn money wasn't really on, you know, I was into traveling around and going farming and stuff. So I would, uh, I would just, I'd pretty much just give my calendar to Paul Carlin and be like, there you go, put <laughs> me in and then I'll fuck off on holiday when I'm not. Um, out with wooden ships or moon duo, but um, yeah. yeah. So neither of those acts have toured since the pandemic. But yeah, uh, yeah. played in the states a little bit. But um, so um, since the pandemic, I've been doing my main gigs. Probably been a young girl from London called Nilifa Yanya, kind of like wonky poppy kind of stuff. Really great <laughs> little band. Lovely. Lovely bunch of musicians as well. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, um, uh, some Scouse lads and, and lasses called King Hannah, who are on City Slang. Okay. Got kind of Mazzy Star kind of vibe a little bit. Oh, um, nice. Who were lovely. Um, yeah, a band called Nation of Language from New York, who are kind of, kind of Yazoo, New Order kind of sounding. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and these are quite young. Are they quite young? All these people. I like them young, but uh, yeah. they're younger than me. <laughs> um, yeah, I really enjoy touring with the younger rats. Right. Why? Because you get to play the daddy role, the baby. I just, <laughs> I just like you know, like having done this for so long, you kind of, I love that kind of like what beer is free. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like being, I love being there for those first moments. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Kind of vampire Absolutely. off some kind of enjoyment out of the whole process. <laughs> yeah, in, <laughs> instead of the, instead of the totally like jaded fucking yes. like. Oh, this is shit beer. Oh, this oh is... my God. Yeah. <laughs> this isn't local. This is not the brand of sparkling water that I wanted. And, you know, so I really enjoy t- traveling with younger acts, um, uh, especially if it's their first uh, European tour. If they're Americans, for example, and they're coming over, and it's always quite an eye, tends to be quite an eye opening experience for them. Oh, cool. And yeah. it's nice, nice to be there and kind of. You know, this. Oh, yeah, it's, this is cool, actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that makes so much sense, man. I really that's a good approach. Yeah, like keep it, keep it fresh for yourself, and and get get off on other people's kind of like, yeah, buzz of a new situation. Yeah, 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 and and you know, like having done, you know, like when I was in my early twenties, I, I did lots of metal bands, and I started kind of getting doing these bigger and bigger things. Mm. And it was horrible, you know, by the end of it, it was horrible. You know, you know, you're doing these larger venues, everybody there is professional, everybody's making money out of it. And the vibe is horrible. So, you know, like coming, stepping back a little bit, being like, okay, I'll drive and tour manage as well. And I get to sit in this kind of scene that I enjoy being in Mm -hmm. where you know, mainly nobody's, you know, definitely, you know, no one's getting rich out of it. You know, everybody wants to be there. All the musicians are 
likely dipping their hands in their pockets to for rehearsal rooms and stuff still, you know, and it's mm-hmm. it, it feels a little bit more, you know, it feels a bit more real. Yeah. Keep yeah. me interested a little bit longer. Yeah, cool. That's a fresh uh, approach, man. That's almost something I needed to hear <laughs> because, <laughs> because, like, I, I'd the whole sort of touring thing has become it's not become like really that difficult, but it's become more. Uh, let me. What could I say? I guess get a little touch more anxiety in in doing it just because of the things that are happening in regards to like fucking. Uh, carnays, carnays. <laughs> all, yeah, all this stuff that kind of like when we first had to go through it it was kind of like oh this is nothing it's just time we're just adding a little bit of more time and a little yes. bit more expense to what's yeah, happening i mean it's hugely touring is very expensive now compared to you know like yeah. fuel and and everything everything is just more expensive and I, yeah. i've noticed it this spring which is normally quite a, a busy touring period it just see like I've been speaking to people and they're like, that's just not happening this year, you know. Yeah. And okay. and I think a lot of it's to do with the cost of touring. Yeah. And yeah. um, you know, even venues like I was speaking to Nate at the Brunel the other day, and, and I was like, What's your spring like? And he was like, It's just the quietest it's been for 10 years or something. I was like, Oh wow. Wow, wow. You know, even a place like the Brunel, which is, you know. <laughs> Yeah. It's bad. He had some bad how many gigs he puts on, you know. He's got yeah. three venues in one building and there's every time I go up there it seems to be everything's all happening yeah. all at once and for sure, yeah. Like, whoa, okay. And you know, like I think that first year after the pandemic where the kind of fun came off the hose and everybody had got like recorded records <laughs> and they were or had a record ready to go and tour and everybody went out touring mm. and mm. just did 2022 was just and then mm. everybody's dropped back and be, oh wow, that was full on right next album cycle and it's kind of synced a lot of people's yeah we have two records <laughs> yeah well there you go you got to do double the touring so <laughs> yeah in theory I mean, you um, should still be on tour now yeah <laughs> <laughs> i wish i was yeah <laughs> Um, <laughs> last year was definitely it, it felt like very um explosive like kind of like we and like uh, this year we're heading out for a month from the 28th of april till the 28th of may well till the 4th of june so just over a month um which is probably a good time because usually we go out at end of march to april but this year it's different but i am really really interested to see what it's going to be like this year because it has been more expensive every already carnet van hire and a lot of the good fees that we're getting for like festivals we're getting now getting a withholding tax slapped on on the back of them which we've not had before like in europe we've never had this sort of i think it's 23 percent, maybe more than that withholding tax and it's like oh fuck like i don't even know what that is so as far as I know, in America, if you're uh, non-American and you go on tour there, that you get automatically slapped on a 33% withholding tax on every fee or at the end when you get all your fees, unless you pay like a grand or two grand for a lawyer to give you a piece of paper that says you are, um, you don't have to pay the withholding tax. Either way, you're paying. 
Sounds like a scam to me. Yeah, a total scam. <laughs> so now we're playing festivals like one in Switzerland, which is to be expected because Switzerland is outside of the EU, so we're getting taxed on that. But we're doing a couple of festivals, one in Germany, and I can't remember where else, but they're slapping a tax on as well. And we've never had that before. And I don't know if just because they're bigger fees, if it's oh, just, just come that, up into this realm of of fucking getting taxed, which is whatever. I mean, yeah, whatever. But if it's 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 kind of like looking at the the costs. I mean, one of our lads he did a, a price breakdown of what we're all going to get paid per show. And yeah. I'm good. I'm going to say it. I'm twelve euros each per yeah. show. Yeah, that's rough. <laughs> it's rough if you, you know, got, you know, if if you got a job and you got to take your all your holiday off of the year. Yeah, yeah, and then it's all it's all reliant then on merch and yeah. kind of, and look, you know, just like look at the draw, like nothing happens, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, are your uh, are your ticket prices? Are they, do they are, are they? They're fucking ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm saying this, man. Like twenty fucking euro, whatever, fifteen, twenty euro. I mean, it's too much. It's fucking yeah. too. We're asking too much of people, and it's it's just a weird vibe, like with that, and um, you know, and it's really humbling to like go out and see like a full room, whether it's two hundred people, a hundred people, five hundred people that have all paid fifteen, twenty euro. Yeah, yeah, and like that happens really, but. Like one place it would happen would be like uh, Magazine Four and Magazine Cat in uh, in Brussels, and um, you know always a full room. People have paid whatever the fifteen euro, and we get we get our nice payment, which I feel is good for us. It's the right payment, and also we get this this amazing venue that's all volunteer led. Yeah, yeah, gets a little bit of money out of it too, and that feels really good. That feels all right, but I don't know, like. Yeah, it depends if you're playing in London and it's 20 quid a ticket and you're kind of like, uh, I don't know. I mean, 20 quid in London's fuck all to those fuckers, isn't it? They've got, they, they, they spend that, they spend that on a sandwich. Man, you know I mean? <laughs> yeah, it does, it does see, it does, I mean, I think maybe, it, it does, I think it is quite standard, but it does seem a lot having maybe just, you know, being the age that we are now and, you know, 20 years ago it doesn't seem that that long yeah you yeah. know so oh, it's like seven quid a gig well compared to when we first started and yeah. we could just dive in a van get over you know in a van with like no windows in the back so it was not even you know yeah. there was no checks or anything and we just wing it all the way and yeah yeah 200 you know, quid a show if look yeah. if we were lucky 200 yeah. quid make 200 more quid money make got- yeah. Was, you know, it was the best fee we'd got up until that point, like 200 yeah. euros, you know, it was yeah. totally buzzing off that amount. But yeah. We'd make more money yeah. fucking busking, busking yeah. on the street the, before yeah. the gig. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I would um, like to see Nod busking. Yeah, it was gas, man. <laughs> I had a, I had, <laughs> I had a written, oh man, I had the ultimate, I had the ultimate money-making instrument at that time. And it was a novelty instrument at that time because there wasn't any, many of them around. It was one of those hang drum things. So oh, I had okay, one of those. Yeah. 
So like I would sit down anywhere and the lads and that would just get out some bells. You know what I mean? <laughs> and maybe like a couple of like squeeze boxes and we'd all just make sure we were in the same sort of no right, okay. play around there. And people would come from all over and be like, oh my God, what is this? Throwing money at us, man. Not talking <laughs> about getting the, the nod rig out of the van and imagine that. That would have been the one. <laughs> Hang drawn through the nod rig. On the <laughs> yeah. 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 So, I mean, you're obviously still into touring. You you speak about it with such enthusiasm. And, and like I say, it's refreshing for me. I kind of needed to feel that energy yeah. from somebody who's been in the game so long. But do you feel like, do you, I mean, because I can sometimes be a bit, I mean, I'm an eternal optimist, but I'm also, I have a healthy fucking dose of pessimism sometimes. And, with the touring thing, I'm like, how much longer can can we do this? I mean, do do you get a sense at all that it's like becoming like almost too difficult for for most bands? Like, or or do you think there's a way out of it, or or what? You know, um, how are you feeling about it? I think it'll it kind of it'll shake a few people off, you know. But I think if you if this is what you do and if this is who you are and what you love, it's amazing how much of a squeeze (laughs) you'll put up with what people will put up with, you know. You know, you you might find that in a couple of years' time you look at your expenses and you go, right, it's going to cost us €12 a person per gig to do this and you'll still make that decision to go out there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and... uh, it is it'll it'll get harder i mean it'll be interesting to see what happens you know even with like say costs of like you know driving a van into paris or antwerp i think it has one or amsterdam you know they have these like kind of congestion charge yeah yeah uh, kind of fees which also um add, add up you know and mm-hmm. some of those cities, I imagine, in the next 10 years won't allow diesel vehicles in them at all. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think uh, touring musicians and, and acts are going to have to kind of contend with a lot of that, you know, especially with your kind of, you know, the, the kind of the guilt of a carbon footprint, you know, mm. like traipsing around Europe t- 10,000 miles in a diesel vehicle and you know it it, it's not a small you know yeah it's a bit ridiculous isn't it yeah i mean it's it's not ridiculous i mean it's humans doing what humans do you know yeah yeah you know there's so many things that could happen in the next 10 20 years you know um Mm. to touring but i think they'll they'll always there's there's a demand for it you know what are they gonna stop you know no yeah. more american bands in europe and vice versa you know it's it seems completely necessary for kind of culture yeah um, for sure that kind of exchange and <laughs> yeah i i've been thinking about that like if it was if if touring became really difficult what what would be a solution i'm thinking like would it be worth this network of of promoters that a booking agent has you know like 
somehow getting everybody together to say, okay, we can't do these like these big tours. Couldn't we maybe hold more like festivals where a bunch of promoters get together, find a space, pick the bands, and get everybody there for two or three days and do it that way rather than having bands traveling all, all over the place to get a go and play in small little venues to 50 people, 100, 200, or whatever. Yeah. Find a way to like make it work for everyone. Just yeah. been thinking of like solutions to it or how, you know, how we could do it, uh, you know. But I mean, it's going to be interesting to see. I, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty excited because I know that if if you're putting out music and people are buying your records, then people want to see the shows and like we want to, and we want to play the fucking shows. So they're going to happen whatever way. It's just yeah. interesting to think about what, how it's going to plan out in the future, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hope it just, you know, it, it just, it does seem to be getting harder and harder. It'd be nice if it just got a little easier in another, in some ways, you know, it, yeah, it can't yeah. just get harder and harder and harder. I mean, yeah. it can, and it probably will do, but it would be yeah. nice. I wish. so give us an can you is there can you give you have you been out recently just have you just come back from somewhere yeah i was just in germany um with uh a a pedal steel guitar player called robert randolph at a jazz festival oh nice so just a one-off just a one-off just a one-off yeah so you haven't been out touring yet in 2023 uh, yeah, I have. Yeah, I, w- I was oh. out with a um, uh, pop band, also a lovely bunch of Scousers called Banners, um, who are lovely. Um, yeah, I've done them a few times. But yeah, yeah, not not that much this year. I- I've got some stuff in the diary. But mm. yeah, last year was just very, very busy. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I could have worked. I could have worked every day last year. Okay. Um, so you can't give us any little anecdotes about some weird shit that happened in europe this year have you been out have you been out there like oh well i, I was attacked at the weekend uh whilst i was mixing by uh what 60 year old festival director what <laughs> it, hasn't on, happened, it hasn't happened to be uh, a lot i have been attacked multiple times you know uh mainly whilst performing but have been attacked whilst mixing a few times but this guy we kind of went in with sound checking the band they're, they're you know they were kind of session you know they're, they're all session musicians you know basically mm-hmm. and they all play with different people and i don't think they'd they hadn't like you know they were kind of just run trying to run through some stuff because they hadn't kind of necessarily been in a rehearsal room next to each other you know but they're all pro guys and um they so I was kind of trying to get them to kind of orderly sound check, you know, let's start with the drums and, and they were just going for it, you know. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. They're not really listening to me. Okay, you know, whatever, you know. So we were kind of um, just kind of went for it and uh, he's playing his pedal so he's got this really very loud messer amp on the stage and pointing straight out to the audience. And, it's, you know, I was saying, you know, I'm not going to insist on it, but can you turn down? No, okay, fair enough as well. So, and like, you know, I do, you know, I mix volume-wise. I think the volume in which you mix is quite important and and you have to mix appropriately for the audience that's going to be there and for 
how the, the best volume that uh, an act will come across at, you know. Mm-hmm. So unless I'm mixing, so like last year I was mixing John Spencer and the Hitmakers at the end of the year, who need to be extremely loud because they have 20 channels of bits of metal and abrasive guitar tones all coming at you in this kind of high mid-range area and it, it needs to be of a certain volume to have the impact that it that is you know that's that's part of it it's, volume isn't essential to impact but it's certainly a tool <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah and um so but but if a band does not need to be loud i will not i'm not gonna just mix them extremely loud so i was just trying to balance it up and like 10 minutes before the end of the soundtrack this guy taps me on the shoulder and he's he's this older gentleman and he's like hi i'm the festival director i was like oh hi how you doing <laughs> he's like it's way too loud and uh and uh he, he was like the law is this and and that the law isn't that it's just he's just decided that it's that there you know and uh, and i'm like well it's it's a lot louder than that <laughs> and he said yes 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 you have it has to be a lot quieter and i said oh well i'm uh, this is kind of the minimum that it's going to be where it's balanced you know and um, but I, i'll try i'm i'm trying to keep the, the level down i mean it wasn't hugely loud how many db it was probably 97 db which is quiet fucking hell it's, it's, it's quiet fucking... but for, you know like but you know appropriate for the room you have a room full of people in their 60s seated you know yeah okay you can't mix at 105 so then so at the end so so he's told me this 10 minutes before the sound check which is you know i can't really do much at that stage they're playing yeah. you know i'm like okay I'll, t- I'll try and keep it down the engineer who's kind of babysitting me he's like it's fine. He's happy. You know, they're happy at this level. I was like, oh, cool. So, like, comes the gig. <laughs> the, the the support band are like this kind of hype, loads of percussion, and there's all these people kind of dancing, you know, and and uh, uh, the purple scarf brigade, as I like to call them. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> um and um you know and, and it's like a it's not really quiet but it's like a sensible level and then we go on and everybody's still seated it's not as like dancey as the first band uh um and um you know they they start they've got like this kind of rock more rocking number to start off with and there's just dynamics in music you know sometimes loud songs are louder than quiet songs and when you do a loud song the volume goes up (laughs) so whenever there was a loud song the guy would tech he he would start texting the guy next to me he was like it's too loud loud you know and i'm not gonna just squeeze them to death here you know compress the front you know compress it all it's just gonna sound like shit and i'm here being employed by this band to make them sound good so i'm just gonna do the best for them you know and then so i said no it's it's not and uh whatever so then i see him he's coming at me from the side and there's like next to the mixing desk it's all seated and you know it's like a cinema thing and he's kind of like shuffling down (laughs) this line like a series in his suit and he comes up to me and he's like 
it's crazy loud. <laughs> it's not crazy loud. It's like there's people leaving and there's no one left. Like maybe somebody got up to go to the toilet, but nobody's leaving. It, it's just fine. And I and I, and I said, and he was really, really annoyed. And I'm like, look, listen, listen, listen. I'll turn it down a little bit. So just because he was so distressed. So I, I have this like um, plug-in rig and I'm running like an insert on my left and right. So I've got like this input and output. It goes into this thing. Yeah. Well, I, I show him, I turn the output down, you know, a few dB. doesn't really yeah. make that much difference. But yeah. no, I'm doing something, you know, and he's just like, no, you have to turn it right down. And I was like, the next song is going to be quiet and it'll be fine. You know, and I'm trying to calm him down and he's just, he starts grabbing me. He's grabbed my arm. Fucking hell. I'm looking at him. I'm like, what are you doing? What oh. are you doing? And he's just steam coming out of his ears. And he's, you know. And where's the other Where's the other engineer in all this? He, the guy who's babysitting you. He's sat there. He's just like laughing, basically. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And I'm like, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he's like. You have to turn it down right now, and I, and basically, I just I just lost it. I said, "You can just fuck off, you know, just fuck off." And I pushed him away, <laughs> and he just went for me. It was just crazy. He's just wow. like, he's trying to climb climb over me, grab the left and right fader, and I'm just at this point, I'm just slamming. I'm sat in a chair, and I'm slamming my chair back into him, pinning him <laughs> against his wall. <laughs> just fuck off. <laughs> And there's this, these couples sat behind us, and they're like, going, oh, "Please, no!" <laughs> My fucking god! It was fucking ridiculous. Holy shit! Wow, that's yeah, that's fucking mad, man. That is mad. And like, I, I mean, what happened? Did he just fuck off, or did people grab him? I told him? him to fuck. I told him that to fuck off, and that I was going to punch him if he didn't fuck off. Okay, and then he fucked wow. Off. Yeah, well, so I was you'll expecting be... the security to come yeah. the next day. Wow, do you think, do you these think... places, you know, I remember like, you know, like, you know, when you just you have this bully. I had this once with um, Dirty Beaches, and they were Alex from Dirty Beaches dealt with it really well. But you have this like person who has a who, who you know you're in this you're in this microcosm that is this one venue or organization. And this person's a bully and they shout at people. Everybody's frightened of them or whatever. And then we come in or you're not my fucking boss. You know, I don't give a fuck, you know, like whatever, you know, and you try and bully these people coming in and it's just going to go really badly because people don't like bullies, you know, but they get this kind of false sense of like, I'm the authority here. And, you know, and it must happen all the time. Yeah, like yeah. It, it reminds me of this uh, gig we played in Frankfurt, um, and we were sound checking, and uh, the owner of the venue comes running up to Riggs. <laughs> what are you doing? This is yeah. too loud. People will die. People will die. <laughs> and we were all like, "Yeah, fucking with a bit of luck, man. Yeah, yeah. The, best, the best gig ever." <laughs> But he was so fucking stressed out, and he's tried everything, everything within his power to like to to pretty much. I, I think he wanted to pull the gig at one point, you know. Yeah. But I, I can't remember how we talked him down. I can't really remember how we talked him down. But did you get yeah. to play it? Yeah, we played it. 
I, I can't remember. I think we did because Rakes is usually pretty good at sort of navigating that stuff. Yeah, and, he's, and always, he's, he's and always getting there. And, he's a charmer. Yeah, and he's got that kind of like he just looks so young, and and like yeah. people are kind of like, please, okay. I'm not going to kill anybody. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so tell me, like, I mean, because one of the things we were out uh, when was it? We were out in November, out in uh, Holland, uh, and we noticed. In hot, we were chatting to the engineers. We we're playing the Guess Who, doing a couple of gigs there, yes. and and the engineers there were like, um, were like it's one hundred three dB limit or whatever, and like this is how it is. And, and luckily, they were amazing. That, that tech crew were really good at helping to like make it as best as we could, sort of yeah. be, a, be a really good show. One hundred three is fine. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely loud. fine. It's loud. But we um, they were saying like. Basically, this is how it's going to be. This is how it is all along across Holland and Belgium now. So it yeah. seems like it's one one hundred three seems to be the limit now, but it's obviously just going to go get taken down further. I think. I mean, yeah, that that's another thing, isn't it? To sort of think about with touring is like there's a lot of yeah these like volume laws or whatever the fuck they're called. Yeah, being brought it seems, into play. It seems. I mean, some venues have a neighbors yeah and that's a fair enough you know as long as people are you know as long as people are honest <laughs> you know about it you know i remember a talk gig once in london there's this guy he's, he's i'm just like he's just like you know when bb king first came to the uk that he used to turn his amp around you know like face against the wall and it's just like just tell me that your neighbors complain you know i just you know like you're not going to convince me to turn my amp round because of the sound that I want, you know, you, that's just not going to happen, you know, like, yeah, just, yeah. just be honest, you know, and then like, you know, if you're, you know, reasonable person, it's like, well, I don't want you to get it shut down, you know, I mean, it's a bit weird that you booked an extremely loud band to play in your venue, you mm. know, when you've got neighbours that are constantly complaining, but, yeah, you, you know, with the legal stuff, it, it, it sometimes you can just, you know, I, I I try to ignore it unless somebody is very very insistent. Yeah, you know? yeah, because you don't want to get a, a lot of venue fined. I mean, that's one of the no. things that we don't want to do is like get somebody fined and fucking have them out of cash. Like, absolutely. You know, uh, and, uh, and you can there. try not to kind of be, you know, a bully yourself. You know, at that yeah. stage, you know, where you're just like, I'm just going to do. This yeah. is what happens. Yeah. But, but I think, you know, a lot of it is like, you know, like, would you, the way I think about it is that, you know, like, you can't go into a gallery as a gallery owner and being like, oh, I really like your painting, but could you just make it a little bit less red? You know, <laughs> it, this is yeah. not, it's not, you're compromising the art. At, at, at some mm. stage, you are mm. compromising mm. the art. And, it, you know, it wouldn't happen to any other you know, like, oh, you're jumping a little bit high in your ballet routine, you know, like, yeah. we've got these, you know, like, there's you know, whatever, um, you know, whatever, you you have to, I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's a constant. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it used to really upset me, man, like, the thing when you'd go to a venue and they're like, you can't do this, 
and the kind of the thing that the straw that broke the camel's back for me which so i don't actually let it bother me anymore and just work with it was we were in this place called Dixmoide in belgium playing a gig there new venue they were paying us a big money i think it was the biggest fee that we had up to that mm-hmm. day it was really good money everything was amazing they laid on this beautiful spread i was like fucking hell wow best gig ever and there was going to be a good crowd there you know we'd had a, a lot of chatting to people on social media and that we knew that there was going to be a good crowd there and uh yeah we got on stage sound check and they were like i think it had to be like 100 db or something like this and like we had two drummers and we were kind of like fucking <laughs> snare drums fucking 98 db like what the yeah, fuck yeah. and uh yeah and then i i just got so i was like trying to compromise i was saying right okay we're not going to do a normal gig we're going to do like a, a a drone gig or something and, and yeah. the guy and he was begging us and he was like no no it has to be the big band we want to hear the big band and i was like but we you can't hear the big band you know <laughs> yeah. like what the fuck are you talking about and uh, i got so frustrated but then i don't know i just i've just got to let this shit go because uh, it's what can you do and we did the show and it sounded shit i think on stage it was like we were playing acoustic yeah yeah but they fucking loved it the crowd loved it so i mean well, who's, yeah who's to say I, what there you I, know well like, I, th- I think that's a that's you compromising too much i i agree i agree man. yeah <laughs> you know yeah, and yeah. and you know the thing is that the stupid thing is is that all of this stuff is you know everyone at that venue wants it to be loud mm. you want mm. it to be loud all the crowd want it to be loud they've paid money to see you this mm. to see this thing and you know, because somebody, you know, like you, you know, I bet the venue su- supplied earplugs. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, yeah. It's slightly dangerous going to a loud gig. Yeah. As you were saying before, um, you know, the, um, it gets, it gets to a point where it's like you're compromising what you're actually doing. Because I think I remember at that Dick's Mood gig, we actually extended the drop downs <laughs> of the songs. Because he was like, if you if if you play yeah. at a certain level for too long, then the meter's going to go off. Yeah, and I think he even said like the police will come immediately or something. Well, but, it um, was a it, it was a brand new venue, wasn't it? And it was yeah. obviously really heavily arts council and probably local government funded thing. Yeah, so yeah. it was like I, everything seemed to be a little. Everybody seemed a bit nervous about it, didn't they? Like. But it was so weird because it was like, you're paying us all this fucking money. We want to blow your fucking head off. Come on, like, yeah, let's, put yeah. a, let's put a sock around this fucking microphone. Whatever <laughs> yeah. we've got to do, do you know? I've tried that. I've tried that. So it does work sometimes. Yeah, it does sometimes. Um, but but the, the worst ones is when they're in line, when it's just in. Yeah, yeah, that's so a fucker. There's nothing you can There's do. There's no way it. around that. There's no way around it. Last year at Roadburn, um, we were playing there. Uh, we got last minute show, saved the tour actually, saved the tour. Hang on, my, my dog is howling. I've just got a lot okay. up there. Okay, <laughs> she does not being she does not like being on her own. What kind of dog is she? Ah, ah, bless, nice. Yeah, I, I don't have a dog, but I have a dog that comes to visit me every day here in Ireland. He's a he's a massive, like. I guess he's a golden lab, but one of those big, hairy golden labs. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he just slobbers everywhere. He's just constant <laughs> drool. 
but he's an absolute legend and he just loves to come in and just like sit next if he was here now he'd just be sat next to me just yeah. just like just watching me do stuff you know <laughs> i love him man he's yeah, nice company don't yeah walk over that um <laughs> yeah so, you know like, I've, I've tried all sorts of stuff with the volume thing and you just you just got to take it by each gig i mean you yeah. know like switzerland's really really restrictive a lot of the time yeah switzerland's a fucker man yeah i was mixing yeah. there last november and it was one of the loudest gigs i've ever mixed i think okay well and the guy was just like he either just didn't care or i mean he was just he wasn't really working for the venue he just kind of came back and he kind of looked at the meter and it was like 113 or something yeah and he was nice. just like looked at me and i was just like <laughs> i don't know what happened <laughs> oh that, man yeah sound engineers are fucking heroes man they're the, they're the unsung heroes of the game <laughs> do you know what i mean i shouldn't be all those dickheads up on the stage getting any fucking any round of applause everybody should turn around and fucking applaud the sound engineer <laughs> thank um, you for deafening me yes <laughs> yeah i mean fucking um you just reminded me there of, of when you're talking about Switzerland. We did a show there with um, like a gong tribute band, but with a guy who had been given a guitar by David Allen. Is that his name? David Allen, it is, isn't it? Right. And he he had one of David Allen's guitars. So all the crowd that came to watch the gong tribute band or whatever kind of like branch off band, where they were all like worshipping the guitar, like, whoa, every time he played the guitar, people were like, and I thought they were cool because I don't mind a bit of gong. I don't mind that kind of stuff. Yeah. And I really enjoyed it. So they played before us. So then we went to do our gig. Uh, we did the gig. Most of the people left sort of like 20 minutes into the show. I was like, oh, okay. But they're all, they're all, you know, getting on a bit anyway. And we went backstage and the David Allen guy, he was just like, yeah. You guys, you play just too loud. That's not rock and he said that he said something like that's not rock and roll. That's like <laughs> something like soul destruction or something. He said, It's not rock and roll, it's soul destroying or something. <laughs> I'm like, fucking hey, our granddad, fuck off. Ooh, <laughs> give us that nice. give us that guitar. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, yeah. You know, like some gigs, you know, like I do get walk into a lot of rooms and I am like, this is unnecessarily loud. Yeah. Like what? Like, Come on, give us give us a time. What bands to you? What? Oh, well, it happens to me all the time. All the time. Okay. okay. Uh, you know, it, it it's not and I think when I was when I was first starting, like, I used to mix extremely loud. I mix everybody loud. Mm-hmm. You know, but you just I just get over it. Yeah. But it's yeah. it is like I said before, it's mixing appropriately for the situation. For yeah. the band, you're you're kind of there to you know get their whatever they're doing, you're there to facilitate them. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's not about oh, I'm getting really into this snare reverb at the moment, and it's been the complete wrong choice for that act. You yeah. know, you have to use the right tools and yeah, yeah I, th- I think that happens a lot with uh, young engineers. Like they're kind of like see themselves as kind of like, oh yeah, like I can vo- I can delay your vocal for you. And the person who's singing is like, what the fuck are you doing? You know, <laughs> yeah. 
So like they're just kind of showing off a little bit of, the, yeah. of their skills and it takes a bit yeah. of time for them to like realize what you just said, which is like you're there to just make them sound. Make How them they sound, want to sound. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, and and for the audience to kind of maintain attention and, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, um, you know, it's very addictive, you know, have it, you know, the, you know, like the first time you push up a kick drum in the system and it's got some decent sub in it and it's just like, yeah. Yeah. You know, and and th- that that feeling is, I still get it, you know, and I'm still, you know, like sometimes and it's just like, yeah, that, that's really hitting me in the chest, you know. <laughs> and, um, you know, and it does take take a while for that, that, that you know. Yeah. You know, because it kind of blinds you to a lot of other stuff. You gotta kind of find refocus back to things, you know. It's always yeah. the kick drops as well. Yeah. This is just it's just I can't hear like the anything else in the low end of, there's no like, you know, it's just swamping everything and it's just Yeah. You know, yeah. Green. And do you um do you miss performing at all, Lawrence? I mean, do you, you play with the alcoholics now as well, don't you? Oh no, I, I did. I did. I think I did like one gig with them. <laughs> well, I was okay. rehearsing. It was when I was like, I think it was just a period that I wasn't working for a couple of months, or and you know, I was really enjoying it. You know, seeing Reese all the time and Tony and yeah, ass fuckers, those two. Yeah, it was fun. Okay. It was fun, and then we did a gig, and then like. Oh, we're rehearsing this week. Can't do it. We're rehearsing. Oh, for the next six rehearsals, can't do it. Um, uh, you know, yeah. And I just said, you know, I'm just going to be a. This is going to start really pissing you off if it yeah. hasn't already started pissing you off. Yeah. Um, uh, so I just had to kind of be like, you got to find somebody else. But was, which is a shame, but I really enjoyed it. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really have that much space for it. And yeah. you know, I, I spent years doing it, and I enjoyed it immensely when i was doing it maybe i'll do it again yeah because you were good at it man like i remember the show at the uh salford was it the salford arms or the king's arms at oh, the sounds from the other city yeah oh, when you yeah. were on oh fucking, you were at that yeah, yeah. when oh, you were on roller skates that was a, that was down in london that was at the uh old truman brewery no <clears throat> was no, i the one upstairs at the king's one, arms you were playing with Todd at Sounds from the Other City Festival. Yeah. Was I on roller skates? So that you was... were on roller skates. Yeah. And you I were obvi- roller skates. Obviously, <laughs> you didn't know how to fucking roller skate. <laughs> and you were fucking just falling about. Grabbing pints, I've... fucking pints out of That was it, yeah. You grabbed, yeah. Some, you grabbed some fucking guy. Oh, yeah. You, get, you grabbed him from behind and you lifted him up. Like so, his he was he was and he had his pint in his hand, and you lifted him up and just tipped his pint all over you and him, <laughs> and then and then just fucking slid around the place. I think the gig lasted for maybe fifteen or twenty minutes, maybe yeah. something like that. It was that it was, was great. Was still drinking. And then somebody wanted to beat you up at the end of the gig, and you was like, yeah. "Hide me, hide me." <laughs> yeah, no, I remember. I remember that. I remember that show because um, there was a song in the set where I didn't sing. So I'd gone down. I I don't remember wearing roller skates like because I'd went downstairs. I must have gone downstairs in my roller skates. You were in roller skates, man. To get a yeah. pint, and then there was, it was kind of busy at the bar. And there was a bloke at the bar, and he was like, he said to me, like, "What are you doing up there?" Like, he was like, "You can't do that." I thought, I wasn't attacking people, but I was, you know, throwing yeah. myself around. 
And I was just, oh, shut up. And then I was like, buy me a pint. And he did. <laughs> and, and whilst he was at the bar, they started the next song, which I was singing. So I ran up the stairs, started playing. And, and then he kind of came through the crowd and handed me this pint. And I just threw it at him. Oh, that was it. Yeah, yeah, then, that was it. And then he attacked oh. me. And I was trying to kind of, I, I'm always getting attacked. Uh, yeah so then i was like i was trying to i was trying to skirt around the road and i was like hiding behind people going he's attacking me (laughs) i've been assaulted (laughs) and then it it ended up with me just taking him down and i just had him on the floor just kind of wrapped up oh my god get the fuck up it was bad it was bad yeah like i said i think that was the last gig i drunk at yeah. When I was singing in Todd. Uh, fucking um, hell. Oh my God, that's fucking gas. <laughs> you guys must have been an absolute fucking riot to be out on the road with. Fucking hell. If every gig had had the, the possibility of going that way, which I'm sure a lot of them would have done. Yeah, we, we, we I got beaten up a lot in Todd. I got my, kicked unconscious a couple of times. and fucking, oh, hell. fucking hell. Um. Yeah, but it was just so much fun. It's so, it, it, you know, I've never been in a fight in my life, you know, but I've definitely been beaten up a lot. Wow. But wow. I've never hit anybody, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, but it, it was so much fun. Just, you know, like there's this other side of my personality that I just got to kind of really explore and shit in China Todd. And I really appreciated being given that opportunity by Craig, you know. And, uh, yeah, yeah. You know, I bet Craig loved it as well. He's just on stage going, ah, there he is. I think again. I did sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> I think I probably, I probably, I probably ruined a, a few shows as well. Uh, there was a show I think at the Corsica. It's us in Oxbow, and I was just so drunk, and I like knocked over our bass player's seventy-year-old mother. And like, oh. and she'd had a like, and and just I, I, br- I walked on, just threw my glasses at the wall. I can't really see without my glasses. And then I think my cock was hanging out, and I, I, it was just really oh. bad. And I think like oh. the crowd just shouting "loser" at me. <laughs> wow, which I think was quite humiliating for the rest wow. of the I don't really remember, but it was you know it was that was that. I think that Chris didn't speak to me for a couple of weeks after that, and oh, I'll right, try and. Holy shit, man. That is an amazing kind of thing to go through live on stage in front of people. And that that is some serious character building. (laughs) If you can do shit like that and then go back on and and do more gigs and fucking laugh about it now. I mean, that's that's some transformative experience as fucked up as some of those things are. That's pretty transformative experience. Wow. What the fuck was the guy's 70-year-old fucking mother doing at the gig anyway? I mean, do you know what I mean? She Jesus. was coming to see her son play bass. Wow, fucking hell. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I've got, I'm not ageist or anything like that. It's grand, yeah. but it's, you, do you think at 70 years of age at a Todd gig? You, you know, it's a Todd gig. Something's going to happen. Something's going to happen. Like, <laughs> tell your mum. Tell your mum to put her helmet on or whatever. Do you know? Tell us to put a rollerblading uh, helmet on. 
Oh man, but I do, I do, I do, I do miss it sometimes. But you know, like <laughs> I really, I like, I really enjoy facilitating other people, and you know, and um, especially you know, like with Todd when I was singing, you know, I got some really nasty head injuries and, you know, you can't do that in your your 40s. You can't do that. Yeah. shouldn't be doing it in my 30s or early 30s or whatever it was. And, and, um, you know, I remember like smacking my head a couple of nights in a row on like concrete floors. And then we were playing at the Sonic Ballroom in Cologne. And just, I just remember like being standing kind of like we were playing and i just remember like it just being quite hot and then my hearing was just going in and out like somebody was just like connecting it and disconnecting it and i was just like i'm gonna fucking die this is stupid like yeah yeah. nasty head injury and i'm just standing here and now my hearing's just i'm like i can't hear anything Fucking hell, and I I got really paranoid, and I just remember like sitting in the car on the way back. I've got fucking brain hemorrhage, and oh my god, get myself in a real state. Wow, what was wrong? Did you find out? No, I went to the doctors, and he was very unsympathetic. (laughs) I was like, I've I've been, you know, had some nasty head injuries recently, and he just went, "Oh, look like this. Look, follow my hand with your eyes. He's like, you're fine." And I was like, "Oh no, I'm gonna die." (laughs) (laughs) That's fucking, yeah, fucking hell. Uh, Lawrence, what got you into music? Like, what was your earliest kind of music? Influence or memory? Um, I guess uh, probably like my dad used to really like Tina Turner, so he used to listen to Tina Turner quite a lot. What the I can Tina stuff? Or the no, 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 like later Tina, right? Eighties like, uh, Tina, nice. Um, um, but um, I started hanging around the forum in Tunbridge Wells when I was about fifteen, mm-hmm. and that was just great for me. Because there yeah. was a good, there was a good scene down in the town at the time, and and that venue, you know, was on the kind of touring circuit. So I saw lots of. It was around the kind of Britpop era. Yeah. Or lots of, lots of, those type of bands at the time, and yeah, and just it was just great, and it was just it, as soon as I started hanging around it, I was just like, this is this is what I'm going to be doing. Yeah. So, yeah. Was you into music before that though? Was you like listening yeah. to music and all that stuff? And yeah, in the eighties. Yeah, I'm. I was born in nineteen eighty-one. Right. Yeah. So yeah, like I think my parents would listen. Were listening to like Genesis and Tina Turner and Van Morrison. I guess uh, Jean-Michel Jarre was big for me and my little brother when we were little kids. Um, what Van Morrison album? Do you remember what Van Morrison? It, was, album it would have been Moon Dance, I think. Okay, which is not bad. I don't mind Moon Dance. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. I listened to it recently uh, in a fan, and I was like, "Oh, the lyrics in this record are really like, I'm gonna get you. I'm gonna fuck you. It's like it's really like quite aggressive sexually." <laughs> yeah, I mean, you could even say that some of his astral weeks, some of that more like poetic stuff. There's a bit of weird stuff like that in in, in the two, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm a big. I, I'm, I, 
I actually there's a Van Morrison album called Veed and Fleece. Do you know it? I, I don't think so. Man, what, you, what era? It's just after Astral Weeks, maybe an album or two after it. Okay. Uh, man, I tell you, it's it's fucking beautiful. It is stunning. It's a stunning record. It's like everything else that guy is ever any bad people slag him off a lot these days because of his opinions on COVID or whatever. I could yeah. give a fuck about that. That feed and fleece is like a gateway to like a secret universe. You know, it's it's, it's amazing. Yeah, I'll check but, it out. Yeah, I recommend it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I just interrupted your flow there. I'm sorry, man. It's all right. I think it was. I think it was done with moon with moon dance there. <laughs> yeah. I I remember moon dance from being a kid and being in the car with my stepdad and my mum, and they had that on cassette. And yeah. it was like, I think it was, they had two cassettes. One was Tina Turner with the album with steamy windows. It might have been greatest hits or something. Maybe, maybe we had the same parents. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and the other was Moondance. So, and I remember being a kid and like, I, I kind of memorized every fucking track on there, all the lyrics, yeah. everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I have, I have, I'm all right with Moondance. Right, yeah no i i liked it I, I just hadn't listened to it for a long time and i just found the lyrics to be like very like oh yeah <laughs> i'm gonna got a bit of a chip on their shoulder <laughs> i'm gonna li- listen to it after this <laughs> joking on my vape yeah <laughs> fuck <laughs> i'm gonna start smoking again man this vaping shit is killing me <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I, I managed to quit uh which is pretty pretty good yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was yeah. on the vape for a little while but it's yeah yeah i'm off the booze i'm off the booze since uh september well I, no november really because i had a couple of drinks on my wedding night in november oh yeah and, congratulations yeah and to you too you got married too didn't you i certainly did yeah yeah right on it's good being married yeah, is mint yeah, yeah i love it. it uh yeah. I've not had a drink since then, and I've not smoked any weed for, oh God, it must be coming. It'll be close to a year. No, it'll be August or something then. Yeah. It's the best thing ever, man. It's the best thing. Being, like, off the sauce and off the weed, it's like, oh, wow, yeah. I can actually do things without feeling like an like a freak, you know? Like, weed Which, just brings weed brings me so far into my head that I'm, like, almost, like, con- permanently self-conscious about what i'm doing and that and rather yes, than just being yeah. able to shake shit off and just yeah. crack on you, you should start smoking I mean? hash that's what that's what hash is for isn't it yeah okay <laughs> i would always like smoking hash and mixing because it would make me really focused okay yeah and i could just completely zone into what i was doing yeah i don't yeah. know really you know with all of the computer stuff now whether that would freak me out just trying to problem solve stuff but yeah, I can't imagine it being stoned. I mean, I have enough trouble if I've smoked a big fat joint and I've got to just plug my fucking pedals in. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh my god, oh, where's yeah. my patch leaves? <laughs> They're there. Oh fuck yeah! Yeah, I do. Thanks. I do remember seeing a gig in Rotterdam once with Todd. It was a really good Todd gig in the end. But like, we went out like after the soundtrack to buy some hash. And I just we and for some, I was suddenly oh let's just get some together. He's like, no, I want my own. <laughs> I was like, okay, we bought our own, and then like just smoke. We and it was weird as well because we didn't smoke till we went off like it's like a dirty secret smoked on our own somewhere, and then came back for the sound. Like we were we were setting up, 
and I just remember like look at getting my case with all my pedals and stuff in it, which I didn't have many of. I think I had like two pedals and just looking at it and just sitting there, oh my god. And then just looking across the stage, I just see Craig just staring me blankly into this box. Yeah. Looked looked over at each other, was just like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> we know that way too far. Yeah, I know that feeling so well. Fucking hell. Well, I mean, on that note, I mean, it, we've got two minutes left, and um, um, but I mean, this has been a really, really nice chat, Lawrence. I'd, um, really appreciate you coming and talking to us, you know, and also your fucking enthusiasm is infectious, man, and your approach to this whole touring stick and this music thing is it's really great, it's really great to hear, because um, I, for me, I can get a bit jaded and be thinking like why am i doing this and just yeah. to hear your your perspective on it it just helps me to remember oh actually yeah fucking hell it's, it's great it's so great it like, is great it's yeah, so much fun yeah. it's yeah. so much fun especially you know you've got a nice group of people around you as well oh man know? really good good touring people not as like the best people to be on the road with like it really is a good bunch of heads yeah yeah you know and, so. and, and, and you know that andy's out there yeah, that's a big thing, you know, mm-hmm. having an engineer that you can trust and you know that's doing a good yeah. job. Yeah, it's a yeah. massive load off, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, 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 definitely, man. Yeah, it's good to have, and they're just lovely boys, really. You know, there's never that much drama these days. It's always just yeah. like, yeah, it's like, yeah. I mean, I always appreciate it when I'm with the lads out there doing it. It's usually just a bit before it where I'm like, ah, especially now it's got a bit harder. It's just like, ah, fuck's sake, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm a bit of a drama queen sometimes, so <laughs> there is that as well, so fuck it. I've never seen that. I've never seen that in you, Paddy, but... I, well, I if, we, if, you were, if we were out on the road together for a month, you'd see the bit of a drama queen, definitely. Uh, well, uh, well, maybe maybe we'll do it and I'll, I'll inject some drama into your life. Yeah, put <laughs> yeah, me on man. some fucking roller skates and fucking send me out. 